During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. What's up, guys? Welcome to the first ever E3 2019 Game of the Show recap. I'm Tim Geddes, joined by one of the coolest dudes in video games, Greg Miller. What's up, Los Angeles? And for the first time ever on the Kind of Funny Games cast, the master of hype's apprentice himself, Snow Bike Mike. Tim, Greg, thanks for having me on. You know I've been bringing the hype all E3 long, having a total fun in the sun here in L.A. Mm-hmm. It's been a good time. We've seen many, many games. Greg and I have been doing a bunch of behind-closed-doors demos. That's We're right. doing all that stuff. We're the fancy people with the monocles and stuff. Snow Bike Mike, one of the, the man of the people. He's out there waiting in lines. Going, he got the experience on the inside of E3. So this Tell is going to be an interesting thing here. I'm the man in the streets. I'm in the lines with the people out there hearing what's hype in the world. And so I'm having so much fun. What was, what, what was your E3 like? Oh, it was a blast, Tim. An experience of a lifetime, some would say. We went from the Microsoft Theater down to E3 proper between both halls. It was a blast. I loved every moment of it. What E3 is this for you? This is E3 number one. Hey! Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, his first E3. Will you be back? I will be back every single year from this point forward. I love it. I don't ever want to do anything but it. What was your game of the show? Oh, is whoa, he, whoa, whoa, is he ready whoa, for this? whoa. Don't kick it to him. We already know where we're at, ladies and gentlemen. For the first time ever, for Kind of Funny's game of the show, for an E3, we're split. Split. Tim and I are arguing different sides of the coin here. Usually, so, we have a full team down here. We have at least Andy. We had Colin back in the day. We have some. I was going to say, a, votes. a full team. I mean, like, Nick Scarpino's actually subtracting from the team. All right. Kevin plays one Switch game, says that's the best thing he's ever touched. No, 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 no. We had enough people to split a vote. Sure. This is the first sure. time that not only do we not have someone to split the vote, we also... Have just me and you here. Right. And Different kind of E3. Smaller E3. About yeah. what yeah. the game of the show is. Right. So, Tim Geddes, yeah. what's your game of the show? Let me tell you. I just got out of the Cyberpunk 2077 demo. Look at the jacket. If you're an audio listener, he has a very nice Cyberpunk jacket he's wearing. Is it reversible? It hey, is. you, ask me. Is it reversible? It is reversible. It is. I'm not going to show you now, but I might show you later. I have they to tell literally you, the, bribed me with a bomber jacket. The, the the yellow side of the bomber jacket is the bomb side of the jacket. Oh, it's so hot. It's great. Yeah. Dude. I love it. So no, you're saying Cyberpunk is your game of the show. Here's the thing. I say Cyberpunk's my game of the show. We don't need Jenny's or Snowbike Mike. It's done. Yeah, go, we're done. Cyberpunk was one of the most impressive video games I have it ever was. It was. seen for the second year in a row. We gave Cyberpunk 2077 our game of the show last year. Yeah. 
But this year's gameplay, as amazing as it looked, and would I still say it was a 10 out of 10? I probably would. Yeah, you're not crazy. But I think last year's was better. And for that reason, Final Fantasy VII Remake, baby. Can I get an amen? Oh, he's got the crowd Whoa. over here, Greg. You gotta swing Dude, him. You gotta swing this don't listen to him still like Mike. You swing this clown, look at Greg. your heart. Here's the argument for it. Everyone that I've talked to that has played that game has walked away being like, wow, this is something special. The Final Fantasy hardcore, the people that love these games, they are like, wow, this is good. The people that don't care about Final Fantasy are like, wow, this is good. The people that love Final Fantasy VII specifically are like, wow, this is good. And I'm going to be honest with you, all three of those demographics should not have liked this game by default. <laughs> all three of those demographics should have been mad for some reason or another. This game accomplished the unimaginable, and they did things right. This is the game that, uh, when I talk about Kingdom Hearts 3, and I don't, I, I'm not trying to be mean, but a lot of it felt like a game from another time. Story-wise and character-wise, sure. all stuff. It's like there's a lot of moments that were so. What about the trailers though, without sound effects and stuff? That that's, sounded modern. That's a whole other thing. But what I'm talking about is the fact that that game felt like a PS2 game that looked like a PS4 game. This game feels like a late PS4 game, maybe a PS5 game. That's exciting to me. Playing through this, seeing the ways that the the music interacts with the characters and the dialogue and the gameplay, and it all feels like it means something. And these are characters that I've grown up loving, and they're doing them justice. That's impressive to me as a Final Fantasy VII fan. It's impressive to me as a Final Fantasy fan where 13 had its issues, but its battle system was awesome. The stagger system, all of that was so great. Someone cares. Okay. There it's we a, go. The other guy in the kind of funny pride shirt. <laughs> Final Fantasy XV, it, like elements of the way that the characters talk together, the, the bromance between, between them was awesome. But all of it didn't come together, right? I feel like Final Fantasy VII is the answer to that. They're taking what we loved about the original game, but applying the best parts of the last generation of Final Fantasy games, last decade, and making it into, honestly, what I think is the best Final Fantasy game that I've, I've seen since wow. ten. Wow. wow. And this man hosted Final Fantasy XV Uncovered. He did. I, I remember did. that. <laughs> Got to lay Here's what I'll say is, of course, I, I did not get to get into Final Fantasy VII. Tim Geddes could not pull any strings. Some say he has no power, Snowbike Mike. You know Whoa. what I mean? In that yellow bomber jacket? I know. It's a, he's got power. He's got power looks. No power where it counts. No power Look, no, Don't show the power looks. Turn off the power looks. <laughs> what Final Fantasy VII did this E3 is incredible. It looked amazing. The trailer was amazing. You came out of it watching that Pizza Hut demo, and you said, Greg, I think this is a game you would like. And that has me excited. You have me hyped for Final Fantasy VII. In a way, I've never been hyped for a Final Fantasy before, and I was the other guy who hosted Final Fantasy XV. You were. They you had were. brought me in, if you remember, because Tim was the fan they wanted, and then they wanted somebody who wasn't a fan, Mike. And so they brought me in and showed me, and I was like, oh, yeah, maybe this would work. But jumping into the story, I was like, why are they wearing leather in the desert? This doesn't. This is a weird mashup of things that are going on. Dude, fashion over function. Why am I wearing a bomber jacket in Los Angeles? Because you look, you look great. You look Thank great. you. Yeah, it's, it's hype. It is hype. Um, you, the, the trailer. What you talked about. Obviously, the reputation of Final Fantasy VII has me excited. But here's the interesting point, young Tim Geddes. You keep saying that Final Fantasy VII remake, right, is bringing it 
in making it a modern game, right? Something that feels here. Snow White, Mike. Cyberpunk 2077 feels like it's from the future. Tell me about it, Greg. Like from this 2077? Game, I wouldn't go that far. I think it'll be different by then. More like maybe 2023. 20, but the thing about this game is that it's doing so much right in such a way we wouldn't expect. I, t I won't belabor the point. We talked. I, I ranted and raved last night on the Gamescast that's now available on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and podcast services around the globe. Uh, but the short version is that like I'm seeing the character models, right? Uh, for the, the jacked out muscly dudes, right? And I'm like, oh, it's uh, like Rocksteady's versions. And then, you know, you get into fights with them and they drop. And it's like, oh, it's like Fallout. But then all of a sudden, you know, you, you take out your wire, you're lopping off limbs, you're lopping off heads. And it's like, oh my gosh, like, they're actually destructible. You're, you're in this RPG and we're so used to, it's a great, uh, it's a great Fallout game, which we know means it's going to be buggy, which we know means it's going to be stiff. You start applying that to this game and this game doesn't do that. This game is frenetic movement like dying light you know running sliding it's using cool weapons and cutting things in half in a way you'd never seen a fallout it is uh destructible environments right when you're in that shootout in that space now that you've seen it and you're taking they take down a tree by happenstance it is an rpg in a way of how do you want to build out your character do you want to invest all your points into them being cool literally being cool is one of the options it's like oh speed and stealth and cool. strength yeah body yeah exactly like it is such a amazing game because of everything it's bringing together. All these different touchstones from different games we know, genres we know, and putting them into this one game that I think, if d it delivers on the fact that last year's demo is great, this year's demo is great, Keanu Reeves is in this game. If it can deliver on this, it is going to be a video game unlike anything we've ever seen before. And you're absolutely right, and that's what tears me apart here in, turn in deciding where does this go. Because, honestly, what's going to end up being the better game? I would argue Cyberpunk. Yeah. I really would. What I saw from this demo, what I saw from the demo last year, everything I've seen about this game is, it looks like Cyberpunk 2023. It looks like a game from the future right now. Right. It looks very impressive. But I think that the game of this show is Final Fantasy VII. Because, beca because it... Last year, the talk of the town was Cyberpunk. If you didn't see that demo, you weren't at E3. You missed out, you know? This year, I think if you didn't play Final Fantasy VII Remake, you missed out on what this E3 was all about. Oh, oh, Greg. I got Greg. the weebs on my side, dude. You got nothing. I have the truth. This man said Cyberpunk will be a better game than Final Fantasy VII. Look within you, ladies and gentlemen. Look past the stupid hand saying remake and look to the future. Look to Keanu Reeves. Will Keanu Reeves save us? You know he will. Johnny Silverhand is his name. He haunts you in the game. Snowbike Mike, you played Final Fantasy VII Remake. I played it, Tim. You watched, watched uh, uh, Cyberpunk 2077. I watched it, Tim. Give me your thoughts on both. Are you guys ready? I want. I don't give me a straight answer. Okay. I want to hear you set them both up. Okay, let's set them both up. I'm a man of the people, Tim. I was out there with a gamer pass. We were scraping. We were fighting. We were eating out of gutters. <laughs> we were out there just to get a chance to stand in another line to go check out Final Fantasy VII. And Greg, wow, it's beautiful. It's fun. The combat continues to evolve, and it gets people like me on the outside saying, "Ooh, wow, I liked that. That was fun. This is beautiful, and I can get into it. And then I say to myself, man, 
did I wait in line for three hours to see a 30-minute demo of Cyberpunk 2077 to get hype? Yes, I did, fans out there. And it felt great, guys, okay? Did I get a swanky bomber jacket like Tim? No, I got a visor, okay? It looks like I'm in a 70s casino oh, you dealing did. blackjack. You're Let me show you something. Yet. <laughs> oh, he's reversing it! Oh, watch out! He's reversing watch it! Out. They literally gave him a one shot for him to reverse it, and then he walked out of it. <laughs> now he's walking back into it! This kid's crazy! It's for the reveal. <laughs> and so there I was, a man of the people, enjoying both. There I am, in a beautiful air-conditioned room, finally out of the sun, saying, man, Cyberpunk 2077, take me to Night City. Keanu, take me away and steal my dreams. So I got to say, guys, you both brought up great points. And I'll let you get in one last saying before I go and give you the hype report. I give you the final judgment. Go ahead, Tim. You start. Final Fantasy VII is one of the greatest games of all time. We know this. If you look at any top list that any credible games website, IGN, GameSpot, I, or kind of funny, game ranks. Were you going to say I just Slash films. <laughs> I just, I, I literally, I, I, yeah, yeah. It's going to be there, right? I think that this remake is going to be better than the classic. And again, I go back to this. This comes from people that think it's one of the greatest games of all time, from the people that have never played Final Fantasy VII, and from people that aren't even Final Fantasy fans. I think that there's something very special about this. The production value is through the roof, and they showed it off, and it was playable. This game, sure. Did we have to wait? What, what was it? Three decades? <laughs> too many, too many. Since we last saw it at E3. Will you have to wait three more decades for episode two? Will this game, will episode one stand alone and be amazing? The answer to a lot of these questions are yes and no. <laughs> wow, what, way to commit. But, but th th that's the thing, is like, it's hard for this because Cyberpunk is so close to me. I want to give it this. We have two of these. And I want to give it to both of them. Can't do it, we refuse. That's a cop out. We don't do that, we don't, we don't do that here. I just really believe that Final Fantasy VII Remake proved something that we all thought was impossible. Square Enix, I'm not going to lie, is seen as a joke in a lot of ways. They name their games very silly, right? The last couple releases, questionable. There's people that love them more than anything. And there's people that scoff at them more than anything. Final Fantasy VII Remake is going to be one of those games, and they proved that at this E3, that people, whether you're... A fan or not, this is a good game. This is a good story. These are good characters. This is good voice acting. This is good writing. This is good gameplay. They got that going for it. Greg, I mean, look into those baby blues. He reversed the jacket. He's talking right to my heart. Sure. I need you. Sure. I need you right now. The people need you. Ladies and gentlemen, go to the mirror. Wash your face and look at yourself. Cyberpunk 2077 single-handedly saved E3 2019. Look back and on it. You've washed your face now in that mirror. Ask yourself, how are these press conferences? 
How many megatons were there? How many oh shit moments were there? How many things were there to get fucking lost in? The answer is one, and they're Keanu Reeves' dreamy eyes. Now that, of course, is me just telling you about the reveal of the trailer at the Xbox See, the conference. Answer, the Excuse me, I did not interrupt you! I did not interrupt you! The answer would have been seeing a release date for Final Fantasy VII because nobody would believe that that game's ever actually coming out. But here it was, playable with the release date, but... They decided, no, 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 no. We're going to show that release date at a concert that only a couple hundred people are at. And there's an orchestra. And they're not even going to play all the songs. There's going to be MIDI comp compositions just playing in the background. We're going to do that instead. Deflating the hype. They messed up their own game. They're proving me wrong. I'm trying to give this to you, Square. Counterpoint. If you believe that Final Fantasy release date, you are an idiot in a bomber jacket that's reversible. And if you believe the release date for Cyberpunk 2077, you're, you know, probably right because I think they wanted to do 2019 and they made a very wise decision of choosing the date. I also made. think Cyberpunk will be delayed. That's not stating my point. I'm not even just talking about the hype levels that were the trailer. The fact that it's the only thing that made any of the conferences worthwhile, Mr. Mike Mike. I'm talking about getting in there and watching a game did you that see is on Nintendo? another level. Did you see I did watch Nintendo. I did see Banjo-Kazooie. Hey, that thing we've always wanted that we thought was going to happen finally happened. And what I will do is, once again, what I said on the GameSpot stage inside, right? I, for one, am glad Reggie's gone. For his entire career, his entire career, Reggie couldn't get Banjo-Kazooie in there. Doug Bowser doesn't even have a parking spot yet. He's like, you know what? Make it happen. I respect that. He's also like, wait, we're not making a Breath of the Wild sequel? Make it. I'm Doug goddamn Bowser. And they're like, oh shit, Miyamoto's like, oh, I gotta do something. Put down the joint, you know what I mean? I've heard it both ways. I don't know. <laughs> Cyberpunk saved E3. It was a great trailer. It was an amazing demo. It was the gameplay was better than the amazing trailer we saw. The hype continues to roll. It's Cyberpunk a property. saved last E3. No, last E3 was great for a million reasons. No, it wasn't. What? Name one. I don't off the top of your head. I'm, Name one. I'm three coward. years in. I don't know. <laughs> what happened? Did they announce the Vita? You two are going back and forth, and I'm loving it, right? The baby blues. I'm feeling a connection. Greg, appealing to me in Night City. I'm loving that. Yeah. Appealing to the people out here, having some fun winding down E3 with us. But I think it's time, guys. Are you ready? Sure. Are you guys ready, Los Angeles? Last moment. I'm not ready. He's not ready, y'all. I want to talk about all the other games we play. Oh, you! Oh, wow! I'm save this for the end, baby. What is worth pointing? I, I, what is of course worth pointing out is we talked about it in the games cast the last time around, which is last night for us, whatever for you guys. Uh, we said we had three awards to give out personally. Yes. We actually had four. It turned out because Matt Scarpino printed too many. So I do. Do we do need to recap what awards we've given out personally? And that's why I want to say this for the end. I Let's feel like it. we're building Let's up. Let's talk about it. Also, yeah, we, point, we have 30 more minutes to podcast. Oh, that's so yeah. great. I didn't know yeah. how long it's yeah, going. Oh, yeah, it's fine. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's Nobody told me. Oh, no, it's not you. It's not you. You got to let just him do it. He understands what he's doing. You know what I mean? Doesn't understand what game's game of the show, but no big deal. This morning, I got to play Star Wars Jedi Ooh. Fallen Ooh. Order, and it got one of my awards. 
Wow. And I did not expect that. And for the record, this is the guy who watched the EA uh, EA Play demo that I had, right? I had, I, spoiler alert, I had it early and I got to show him the demo. And literally he's like, this doesn't look good. And walked away. Yeah. Walked away. I thought we lost him to the dark side, Snowbike Mike. Hey, no, something about it, and I talked about this on uh, both the, the games cast that we did and just in all of the E3 coverage, it looked loose. It looked like the, the story seems very interesting. Uh, the graphics seem great until you see the character models, especially like the Chewbacca. Yeah, hair. the Wookiees don't look good. Not doing too, too well there. Um, but everything else, I was like, something about this doesn't look right for the type of game it's trying to be. God of War happened, and we all need to deal with that. It is a masterpiece. So when I'm seeing a camera behind a character pretty damn close, and it's an action game focused on combat, I expect it to feel perfect because we know that it can. Yeah. And looking at the gameplay of Jedi Fallen Order, I didn't believe in it. Playing the game, I believe in it entirely. That's awesome. It is so fun to play. You feel like you're in control of the character and every single thing you're doing is intentional. The demo, when we watched it, it seemed like the AI was kind of dumb. And A lot of people said that. Stormtrooper just standing around. You're just walking through, slicing through them, and like going through. They knew what they were doing. It reminded me a lot of God of War, where it's not the hardest game in the world, but it's a challenge. Every enemy counts. And the, the force pull and push mechanics, pull is on L2, uh, push is on R2. And like bringing one guy in, looking at another, locking on, throwing the first guy at him to knock them out, it's satisfying in the way that throwing the axe in God of War is. Yeah, that's throwing what I want to hear. Throwing the lightsaber isn't, but that's not the core gameplay. The core gameplay is the force moves. And that's when I was like, oh, my God, I'm loving this so much. The story stuff seems great. The droid, classic. We already knew that from watching it, but playing it, the things that he does, he never gets in the way. It reminds me a lot, again, of God of War. Atreus, yeah. I like never that. gets in the way. One sec. Out here at GameSpot, you guys are bringing the hype right now. I need to force push all of you just a couple steps back. I'm going to bring in an emergency vehicle because, Tim, he got my heart stuttering over Final Fantasy VII. But uh, step back really quick for me. They informed me I got to be the bearer of bad news. If you're listening on the podcast, then the, uh, the sirens are on our end. Literally. I saw them starting to push the fans around, and I was like, wow, I thought it was a big deal that they let us close the show, but they're, like, moving the equipment out. No, they need an emergency vehicle. We'll bring it Look out. at it come. The hype, the hype wow. ambulance is here. Wow. Um, but no, so... Star Wars, it's something special. Kind of funny, emergency vehicle coming through. (laughs) (laughs) That's the lower third if you're an audio listener. (laughs) Oh, man, there's just too much hype here, baby. Love it. I did not expect to be giving one of my awards to Star Wars. Yeah, I was was incredibly surprised when you sent that. When you sent that through to me that that's where one of your final awards was going. That's unheard of in so many ways. Yeah, no, it's legitimately good. Can't wait for November, man. It seems like a very special game, and it's... Honestly, best case scenario, because I knew the story was going to be good, and the production value was great, minus the the Wookiees. Um, but real talk, music, there's nothing like Star Wars music. Sure. It gets sure. you in the mood. Nothing. It creates an environment. All that stuff was set in stone. The gameplay, how it feels, I worried about that looking at it, and I was totally wrong, and I need to admit that. Wow. Well, he admitted if he, that if he, he was, was wrong. Snow like Mike, if he was wrong about that, could he be wrong <laughs> could about, he be wrong about something kind of up? funny's game of the show? <laughs> When I played no, Final no. Fantasy VII, I didn't play Cyberpunk. 
But before we move on, let me tell you guys that this episode is brought to you by 23andMe. Uh, Father's Day is right around the corner, and 23andMe's Health and Ancestry Kit is the perfect gift. For a limited time, get $50 off a 23andMe Health and Ancestry Kit through June 17th. If you buy a kit for yourself, too, you and your dad can connect and celebrate your shared genetic similarities. But more importantly differences wow you know what i mean um i loved using this greg used it as well sure did. it's cool being able to see all the different weird traits that we have um things like how uh likely we are to get mosquito bites how <laughs> how pink you get i get very pink yeah. as you can see you can discover how genes can influence well-being Damn, and lifestyle really choices right now with insights into genetic weight muscle composition and sleep quality and more i don't have great sleep quality turns out trade reports give insights into how genetics can affect mosquito bite frequency motion sickness fear of heights and more wellness reports can help make informed decisions about health so that could help your dad for father's day Help your dad, guys. Explore where DNA is from out of over a thousand regions worldwide with the most comprehensive genetic ancestry breakdown on the market. You can even opt in to connect with people who share the same DNA. Uh, this Father's Day, get $50 off 23andMe's Health and Ancestry Kit at 23andMe.com slash games. That's the number 23andMe.com slash games. Again, 23andMe.com slash games. Slash games. Offer ends June 17th. And shout out to Robinhood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, cryptos, all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Plus, there is no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. You can view easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections such as 100 Most Popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio, discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right op opportunity to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of Kind of Funny Games a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at games.robinhood.com. That's games.robinhood.com. Dot com. Uh, worth recapping again, if you didn't listen to last night's Gamescast, maybe you're in the audience while wow, they're holding on that shot for yeah, a long time for you. Uh, so you've given your, your, so your four Tim faces, yeah. your four Tim approved go Final Fantasy, Link's Awakening, Star Wars. What's your final one? Cyberpunk. Exactly. Okay, because again, he understands quality when he sees it. Got him. Dude, Cyberpunk, again, it's so close. But for this year's E3, yeah. I gotta go Final Fantasy. Cyberpunk was last year's game of the show. It can be twice. I remember at IGN, The Witcher won twice in a row. And that, that game turned out pretty well. Who's the developer on The Witcher again, by the way? CD Projekt Red. Oh, man, that's weird. Who's making Cyberpunk? CD Projekt Red. Oh, my God. Who's making Final Fantasy VII Remake? Square. And bucking the trend. They're making a great game. That's why they deserve this. They did the impossible. I don't want any pity points. Respect, respect, respect. Right, Snow Mike Mike? Exactly, exactly. He's, Thank you very much. he's throwing a lot of subliminal messages out to the crowd, getting them riled up. I think you need to bring it back right now. You Sorry. Bring it back. Let's talk about my awards then. Yeah. Uh, last night, I only gave one to Cyberpunk. was pretty much as far as I had gone with the personal Greg Miller awards. Today, I had to fill in the rest of the three slots. 
first thing I did when I woke up, started running through the games in my head, Snow Mike Mike. I've seen great things at Judges Week. I've seen great things at the press conferences. I've seen great things along the way. But what is the standout story so far? And, of course, as I'm washing my hair thinking about it, it's Google Stadia. And I started thinking, my awards aren't, the, the face awards aren't, Greg's, one of Greg's game of the show, whatever. It's kind of funny approved, right? It's something here that is incredible. And for me, that was Stadia. Again, I, last night on the Gamescast, I ranted and raved about it. And again, I understand. I was under the best circumstances possible, right? I have an Ethernet go- line going into a PC. I'm playing it with the thing there. I'm playing with it. Of course, Doom's going to be running great. But Doom was running great. Doom Eternal was running fantastic last so night. Good. So good. It's such a great good. game, right? Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, I had to today hit up them and be like, hey, I want to give you one of the kind of funny approved ones. Go that way. Have them have it. And, you know, enjoy it. I think that, for me personally, the streaming race that we're in right now is a big part of what, what made E3 2019 exciting. And I think, as I said last night, playing both xCloud and Stadia, I think Stadia had the better presentation and better demo. Uh, again, you can listen to yesterday's Gamescast for more on that. Uh, today, though, I went and played a game called Watch Dogs Legion. Went behind closed doors, and they handed me a controller, and I literally was like, oh, do I get to play? And they were like, yeah, of course you do. Why? And I'm like, oh, you haven't been to the rest of E3. That's you don't know what Mike's struggle is. <laughs> you don't know what I don't like Mike out there. Just watching it. Uh, it, it. Jump cut to you, and you're like trying to play a, a Asteroids a car, a Cabinet, and people are like, get out of here. Get out of here, you. That's not what E3 is about. Got to run around and play. And literally, it gets it got my obviously kind of funny approved thing, which I think after even seeing it at Ubisoft or during the press conference, we knew, damn, this looks really special. It looks really cool. And for me, already being a Watch Dogs 2 fan, jumping into that, having that ability and seeing what it was, it was the controller literally was like, all right, cool. Yeah, we're starting you here, and uh, we're going to talk to you while you do it, but you can go do whatever you want. You can take over whatever people you or try to recruit whatever people you want like this isn't a can demo where we're telling you specifically what to do so what i started doing of course is like when you're out in the world walking around they started me in a bar it was all right cool like you can look at anybody you want you walk in the street you, you know you hold one of the the r1s over or R, uh, l1s and you scan the person i think it's r1 scan the person and then what it slowly builds up you get like the basic information on it slowly builds up and then it builds like a profile on that person and so then if you want to really get into trying to recruit them to the team, because it's not like, oh, I, I choose you and you take them over. You have to get them out of something. You have to have them on dead sex side. So I started doing this, and I was, like, scanning different people. He's like, all right, you're getting close. I'm like, all right, cool. And I put the controller down. I'm like, what is happening? Because how is it doing this? How are you making a game like this where I can scan anybody, even bad guys you're fighting, and try to figure this out? And he's like, do you really want to know? And I'm like, yeah. And so we started going through. Magic. The, no, no, the subsystems and sub-levels and the way they group people up in terms of like, oh, this person's like this. And then it's like, okay, well, this person lives in this part of London, so they'd probably be like this. It's not the business part. They'd be more like a dock worker, yada, yada. And like the way they've done this, that they can sit there and generate the stuff. So as you're scanning the person, it's building a deep profile for them so that when you click into it, it is cool. This person's this old. They have this as a spouse. They have this friend. They do this. They enjoy this. They don't enjoy that. They have a criminal record. They have this over there. There's a loan shark that needs them. And so I just started walking on the street and eventually found one of my favorite forms of entertainment, Snowbike Mike, a street performer. You know the you know the type. Spray paint themselves gold, stand like a statue. You Wonderful. know what I mean? Well, uh, art. Art, as they say. <laughs> when you go to the theater, that's what you're seeing. I scan this guy, and I'm like, Clearly, I want the street performer moron in my group. You know what I mean? 
just a whole crew of moron street performers out there. Incognito, exactly. And so it was that. All right, cool. Here are the three options, right? I saw that he had a girlfriend. I saw that he had uh, this. He had a loan out or something like that. And they're like, you can try to take it from whatever avenue you want to get him on your team. And I was like, I'm going to do the girlfriend option. And he's like, cool. That's the most uh, random. Who knows what's going to happen, but do it. Like, I'm down. And I'm like, all right, cool. Chose it. And it was, okay, he's going to, I scanned, you can see their schedules, right, when you look at the map. I could see he was going to have a dinner with his girlfriend at 7 o'clock or whatever. It was like, all right, cool. Fast traveled through the tube there. Got to where it was, and it's like, all right, hold down you know, your your button to ha- speed up time. Sped up time. Threesome. Up. Him and his girlfriend there. It gets better. He's still painted, correct? It gets better. No, it's not a threesome. Instead, what it was is that... A foursome? His girlfriend is 64, and he's 19. Beautiful. That's love. Exactly. Oh, love is love. I'm not trying to take away from it. And they, like, the, the I'm getting the demo from a developer, and he's busting up. He's like... We have this thing in here where there are sugar mama and sugar daddy relationships. And we looked at it, and it was like, it defined her as girlfriend, not sugar mama. And he's like, so this is a real thing. They're in love, and this is how it is. And so I was like, all right, cool. And it turned out that she had information that people were hanging over her head, right? So now, to get on the good graces of the street performer, I, instead of directly helping him, am going to go help his girlfriend. So then it was that I found her in the street. I need to stop you right now, Greg. Yeah. You're giving Game of the Show to Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. A game that allows you to attribute cool points yeah. over Watch Dogs Legion. A game that allows you to be a sugar mama. Yeah. You're a monster. I am a monster, I know. Oh, is right. <laughs> I went and talked to her. She's in, The thing about her was like you have, they have the meter of what they think of DedSec, which is the hacker group, obviously, from Watch Dogs. She had a b- very bad opinion. And so I approached her, and she's like, I hate Dead Second. I'm like, well, what about, like, if we could help you with the thing? She's like, if you could help that, that would change my mind. And they were very clear that, like, this is an E3. We're, we're boosting this. It would take more than one job to, if you could do it, though. So I was like, cool. There's incriminating evidence in her, from, on her in Scotland Yard. So I went over to Scotland Yard. I'm playing as a hacker. I got a little uh, robot uh, spider I'm tossing out. He's doing stuff. I'm in there. I hacked the... The thing they showed, the Amazon delivery drone. I'm riding that thing around just for hell of it. You know what I mean? But eventually I get in there. I delete the thing. I come back. She's like, cool, I'm in. She's on the team. You can recruit 20 different people to your team. That's your your squad, right? What's interesting about it is everybody breaks down into three classes, right? Enforcer, which is like, uh, you know, shooting and fighting and all that stuff. Hacker, which is more like Marcus and and Watch Dogs 2. And then Infiltration, which is a stealth class melee. So... Every breaks down the class, and then as you get them and start using them, you level them up, and that unlocks three perks. But I should say it unlocks three perk slots. There are way more than three perks. So the idea here, as you know, I want to only recruit in my real game elderly women, and I want to call I want to call it the Estelle. No, maybe on second playthrough, <laughs> maybe just mimes. But for the old women, I'm gonna get right. I want them to be the Estelle Getty gang. And then it's this idea that I can do that, and even if they were all enforcers, even if they were all hackers. Going in and assigning their perks would give them different abilities and make them actually mean more to me in terms of, oh, is this kind of job? I want this Estelle Gettys. And then it's the, you know, that's why permadeath matters now because I have a relationship with this, blah, 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 you're going through. Uh, the world is beautiful. The cars are, you know, futuristic and awesome. It's, you know, I, we were in London for uh, RTX London last year. And just even then, he was like, where have you been in London? I was like, oh, Borough Market. He's like, oh, okay took me over there and he's like this is it right and I'm like this looks really good and it's the same way Watch Dogs 2 with San Francisco 
Sure, the Richmond didn't exist anymore, but it felt like San Francisco, and it looked Absolutely. like San Francisco, and yeah. it was doing all these different things. The one downside, I think, that it has is the fact that, similar, like, in The Incredibles, right, if everyone's an NPC, right, until they aren't, there's only so much you can do with, like, facial animations. So, like, when I was recruiting random-ass person and then seeing them put into a, the, you know, the cutscene, there's five different main storylines in the main game. Like, seeing them put in and having the conversation, you're like, oh, yeah, you don't look great. Like, you look fine. It's not taking away from it. And I get why, because literally anyone in the entire game can be that person. Wait, what's that have to do with The Incredibles? Oh, when, when everybody's special, nobody's special. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Sorry. I thought you were a Disney fan. I guess I was wrong about that. I wonder if he's wrong about Final Fantasy VII. He looped it back in there again. You know, that's the Incredibles was good, though, you. right? And <laughs> 2 was good, too. I didn't see 2. I don't two, know what he's talking about. But animations are great. Characters are great. Anyways, it was awesome. It was great. I think the one thing is the facial animation, and I don't think at all. I, it's one of those games that when I was playing it, it was like, wow, this literally is that sandbox toy box game. Of how do you want to do this? What do you want to do? Oh, I didn't. Then one of the storyline main missions I did right was it got the one of the hackers got contacted through this like you know dead drop. Come here, you go there. It's a trap. They they blow it up. They, you know, oh my god, they do a thing. Uh, they blow up the Canadian embassy in London to make it look like. It was DeadSec that did it. All these dudes come out. It does not have, for the record, does not have the same controls as watch uh, as a um, the division. So I immediately am trying to sh like crouch and I'm standing up and I'm trying to take cover. I'm getting shot to death. I get killed. Right? They then kick me back to one of my other members and start me there. And even though the guy I was playing with is dead, then my person just had to leave the mission area. They didn't know who she was. So the person who just put the hit out on my character, they think, oh, it's over. I killed the dead sec person. It's over. Not an understanding we're like an army, right? No one was looking for my character. And that's the way the game will continue to go as you can kill different people. You, your people can get killed. And that makes the story change and evolve and go. It was awesome. It was really, really cool. I was long-winded. I apologize. Hey, you did really well there. I enjoyed that from the street side perspective as well. Thank we you. We enjoyed yeah. that. What did you get to see of Washington? You're pressed up against the glass. Please, sir, get out of here. You know, you got to give some love to Watchdogs, right? Ubisoft really took care of us. We got into the line. And then at the end, what did I get? A sweet Halloween pig mask that now I have to fly back to Lake Tahoe with. People are going to be asking questions. But you know what? That's how you win the people over. You give us merch, right? We want the merch. Yes. Give us that swag. Give me that swag. Give me your jacket, Tim. So that was, that was, uh, yeah, what is that? That's my final? No, I didn't even say my final award. Right, sorry. I have my things pulled up. So then, Tim, uh, I went and played a bunch of other stuff. I'm sure we'll cover future games, cast, or whatnot. What I did is I went to Devolver. There are a lot over here, right? And, I, you know, who doesn't love Devolver? A bunch of crazy things and blood usually and gray, whatever. There was a game there called Fall Guys. And that trailer looked awesome. If you haven't seen the Fall Guys trailer, you need to go watch the Fall Guys trailer so you get the hang of it. So what I saw from the trailer watching, it's a Battle Royale gang beast, right? Fair, yeah. And it's there's is it 100 or what, what's the number? They there? are shooting for 100 right now. Right now what we were playing was there was four of us playing together and then 60 bots because you put bots into it so as well. if you played human fall flat i actually think that's a bit more apt yeah. to what it is but uh gang beast i think is a bit more universal for people understanding what i mean here physics based just like goofy looking characters goofy music goofy look but you're going and the uh human fall flat aspect comes in it's obstacle based yeah you're running through doing a bunch of stuff you have to work together for some things 
others you're if working I can against each other. Add in a layer here. What they were telling me about, and when you start playing, it's very evident. All these video game comparisons are good for looks. It is based on the idea of all the crazy Japanese game shows you see, where the things are swinging around, hitting you in the legs, knocking you down. Like I know we had like in America, we had like the whole wipeout. Yeah, wipeout the whole exactly. Most extreme elimination challenge. It is those things. It is those kind of things where yeah, there's. Uh, hopefully, 100 of you at launch right now. 64 of us going, and it was the idea of cool. Just five more. It was. I know. <laughs> it was multiple rounds, right? We did three. They want. They want a game. I think what I wrote it down. They want a game to be something like five or six rounds, be about 15 to 20 minutes. And what it is is that as you go, similar to what you're talking about with a battle royale, the numbers start dropping. So for me in round one, what it was with everybody, we all start in a line and start running. And as you're running. There are all there's a giant a solid wall and then like doorways that are blocked with like cardboard bricks, and so you have to jump through them or run through them. The idea being though, some of the bricks are fa are real, so you run up and hit them and then they go and they hit red and then you have to run around and go to the next one. So now suddenly there's a logic of well maybe I don't want to be the first person to hit a new wall, maybe I want to be the person in the back. If you hit enough of if you hit I think it was four four times if you hit a solid wall maybe five you're eliminated you're done. And then the people who get to the end then move on to the next round, right? And the next round was this tail game where only there's only so many like uh, raccoon tails in the game that the character can wear. And so everybody's if you're you're running around with a raccoon tail while the others run around diving at you trying to grab it off you. And again, the gang beast comparison, the human fall flat. One of the reasons this game works so well, I think, and why it's I think a great pick because it's just different and cool. It's so simple. The game, it's jump, it's dive, it's grab. And then when you grab, you can mantle. And it's not like uh, Gang Beast, where it's always that thing of, like, you're hanging on the wall after having not played for a month. Like, how do I pull myself up? What do I do? This is meant to be a party game, meant to be something you can jump in and go. After the tail one, it was the big one that it was, like, the run to the crown, right? Uh, where there's at the or Fall Mountain. You're running down this, or running up and down this, this mountainside, and the way distance is this golden crown. The first person who can get to it and grab it wins. But as you're running, there's all these different, like, you know, triangles in there that are being used to deflect these giant boulders that are falling at you. And none of this all looks like nerf stuff that's hitting you. None of it's, like, you know, scary. It's all meant to be very kid like. And that's why it was interesting at the, the Devolver thing, crazy enough, right? You go over there on the media side, you go to these like Winnebago's to play games in them. This one I walked up to and like, all right, cool, take off your shoes. And I was like, all right, and took off my shoes and opened the thing, and it's made up to be like a preschool room where all they have all those multicolored like swatches of like the rubber stuff, and like we sat there and played this goofy game, and it went way too quick. It was a game I would have played way more of, but they just had those three things to go run and do. Uh, PlayStation 4, it's PC, early 2020. Again, they're targeting 100 players that launched like the Battle Royale thing. Uh, the idea they were talking about in there is they want to add rounds every month. They want to do like, they already are testing tug of war stuff. They're already doing things like you're tied together with other people. It's the idea that they want to give you a reason to keep coming back to this goofy, crazy, fun, easy to pick up, put down game. I, I thought it was awesome. I can't wait to play, man. Yeah, that sounds like a blast. That's awesome. I got to see uh, another game that surprised me. So Star Wars was one of them that, like, looking at it, I'm like, oh, I have issues. I don't think it's going to be great. Playing it, I was like, ah, oh, this is pretty good. Contra. What? The game we all universally The mocked? game that literally in the Nintendo Direct, I was just like, oh, my God, this looks like trash. <laughs> I played it, and I'm like, this still looks like trash. But, but. it's kind of fun. Wow, uh, it's a it's a, a weird twist on the shmup twin stick shooter, 
because um, it adds a role-playing element where as you're going through, you're advancing your weapons, you're changing characters, you're advancing augments to yourself. They're going all in on the crazy aesthetic of like, yeah, you're a woman who is like Krang from Ninja Turtles with like a brain in her stomach because the aliens invaded and they won. And like, it's just, it's nuts, comedy, like apocalyptic stuff. But gameplay-wise, it felt kind of frustrating to play, but that felt the entire time because I didn't have the right things I needed. So constantly as I'm shooting enemies, I'm like, oh man, my overcharge to do my next shot is taking too long. If only I had it a little faster. Yeah. Then I'll be able to take this guy down much easier and it's not going to be a hassle. And immediately I was realizing as I'm playing it, like, they got me in the loop. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm hooked in this way where I'm like, I would like to keep playing this uh, to get better, to get stronger weapons, to get all the different enhancements, uh, to be able to play through it. It's, it's such an airplane game. Yeah. And the, the moment that lost me, though, was the price point. If this was a $20 game, I would have been like, hey, it looks like shit, but it's a lot of fun. It's $40. And I was like, at least it's not 60 but I, I'm like, oh, that deflated my hype a bit from playing it because it looked so bad that I was so surprised by it. And then afterwards, I was like, whoa, okay. Talking to the dev, like, it's pretty good. What's the price point? He's like, 40 And I couldn't even hide my shock. <laughs> Where I was like, I You're was like, like, you oh, motherfucker. Oh, man. I was like, it would have been good at 20, man. It would have been real good at 20. But, yeah. But I was surprised that it wasn't as bad as it looked. But still, it's not getting one of these, I can tell you that. Don't don't deflate the hype. You know what I mean? It happens. You, you know on. what I mean? You got don't the wrong deflate. price point. That's what happens. Tim walks away. Tim's a man of the people, too. You know what I mean? Sure, he's wearing his free bomber jacket. Sure. Not only is he campaigning against the game for the jacket he's wearing because he has no ethics and no you know moral compass. No, we do. You know, it's just how it is. Uh, he's got to show it. He's gonna no, he's reversing it again. Even though if he came back in a Final Fantasy VII bomber jacket, I'd be like, all right, good burn. Got me. Got me in the end. Oh, my God. Yeah, right. Uh, I played Monster Hunter Iceborne. What did you think? It's great. I, you know, my big thing with Monster Hunter has been, you know, uh, me, uh, the wife, Jean-Vive St. Ange. Hello, Love my life. life. And then Kevin Coelho, we put, well, I put like 130 hours life. in. <laughs> and they both were over 102. And since then, there's always been that thing of, oh, we should play again, Kevin and Jen. It's always that like, ugh. Jumping back in, how do we play, where were we, blah, blah. Jumping into Iceborne, it was immediately like, oh, muscle memory. Of like, oh, I remember what I'm doing. Cool. And I'm sure in terms of where I left off on whatever crazy armor I was trying to get to be a different story. But the gameplay itself here, the world is still beautiful. Uh, the new monster seems cool. They've added, what, Fire Clutch Claw, which basically helps you close the gap on them now, where you can target, shoot, like basically the grappling hook, and then pull yourself up there. So if it's like I'm targeting a horn or I'm targeting a tail, there's a way to get up there and actually attach yourself to the monster, hack at it. Very helpful. Another thing they added, right, was uh, they call it Tail Ride. It's an, an infinite ability you can have now that basically you're like, cool, deploy Tail Ride, and depending on where you are, a different creature will come up that you can ride. And when I say ride, basically you get on the back of, and then it's like it'll automatically sniff for the monster, and it'll take you to the monster. Rather than you have to go out there, Ooh. use the scout flies, you know, investigate yourself. It's a very, I think when you're grinding, when you're just trying to get something out of a monster now, it's a way easier thing of hop on. You can still you can drink your hot drink. You can go through your equipment. You can, you know, uh, sharpen your swords. You can also check Twitter. Like, it's a good way of, like, cool. We understand. We've, uh, Monster Hunter World was such a success because it took out so much of the BS of what Monster Hunter was before. I think on top of that, adding this in to, like, lessen, oh, you're playing 
500 hours in this game, you don't need to constantly try to figure out how to do this. That was a great move. While you were playing that, I got to play Killer Queen Black. Oh, wait! Oh, my God. I mean, I've already loved this game for years now. I talked about it on Gamescast literally, it feels like, four years ago. Uh, Arcade-only game back then. Now, coming to consoles and PC, not the PS4, yet. Uh, they're thinking about working on it. They're not working on it's it. It's a Game Pass uh, Xbox game, yeah. right? Yeah, day and date. And let me tell you, I got to play it today for about 20 minutes. That was about two, three rounds. It is such a good game. It is going to be a multiplayer classic for years to come. Nice. It already hit in arcades, and once people get their hands on it, it's going to be something really special. It's a 4v4 uh, game where there's two teams, uh, blue and gold, and there's three different ways to win. It's a 2D platformer, but there is a lot of strategy involved where it all of a sudden becomes a tactical thing of... The three ways to win, one of them are being the queen and killing everyone else. So if you destroy, if the queen dies three times, you're done. There's a snail at the bottom of the level that you can ride. It's very slow. If you get on that snail and get to the goalpost, you win. There's a bunch of berries on the level. If you take the berry and get it to back to your home base, you win. So that's capture the flag. Give me those black berries. Get, get, give them berries. Any three of those ways wins. And at any moment, both those teams are trying all three things at once. And you start focusing on what you're doing and what the opponent's doing. But you're not realizing that they're also doing the other things. And it gets so chaotic where it's like every moment is, get the snail. Oh, get the berries. Get the queen. And it's so back and forth. And you can imagine the strategy that like amazing teams are going to have. And talking to the developers of the console versions, they told me something really cool. There's the introduction of the black team. That's where the Killer Queen Black comes into play. Where every day, there's going to be one team playing online that gets the black outfit that's neon, looks super dope, probably a cool bomber jacket. And what they get to do is anytime they win, they get to keep wearing those outfits. If someone beats them, they get it. Like Whoever that. wins is on Killer Queen Black's main Twitch channel. Oh, for the, whole, for the whole day, winner stays on, just like the arcade, but bring it into modern times of Twitch and That's live awesome. streaming and all That's that. That's a really cool idea. And it is the old thing of putting the quarter on the machine, waiting for your time, and winner gets to stay on, the next person pays. It's that idea, but you get to wear the outfits, and everyone knows, like, oh, this team is dominant. Who's going to take them down? And that's very exciting. I think that's a really cool way to take the arcade multiplayer experience to consoles. And I gave it one of my awards last year, and it would have got one this year, but it's so soon coming out that I'm like, I'm just going to Did gonna they give a date? It. No date yet. Okay. Uh, they said the next couple months, so definitely looking forward to it. it it's coming to everything except PS4. So, Cowards. Womp, womp, womp. That's too bad. We got some hot controller skins coming with that collector's edition as well. Oh, definitely yeah. Definitely something to keep out. Very bright, very bright, vibrant. Loving it. Then, what else did you see after Monster Hunter? Uh, the other thing I saw today, I saw Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. I had heard nothing. What was that? It's good. I was going to get to that. I mean, I was going to get to that part of it. Uh, no, it's a game I had heard nothing but good things about uh, from Kind of Funny Games Daily. Uh, you know, uh, Amanda, when Amanda came in and hosted with us, she came in after the, like, the day after the event and was like, this game's something special. It's a crazy RPG where you're a vampire. And I was like, okay. And so when it came through, of like, do you want to come see it at E3? I was like, yeah. And I went in sight unseen. I did not know what I was getting into. And it is a first-person vampire RPG. 
where you, there's been, a, what do they call it, the mass embrace has happened, which is a no-no in vampire culture, apparently, where basically they made a whole bunch of baby vampires, and then nobody was around to take care of them. So like, I was getting they fuck on. Exactly. Well, no, there's a lot of that going on in this game for sure. That is a lot of this. It's set in Seattle. Seattle is not only beautiful in the game, it is very, very, very uh, well realized. Where, like, literally they kept coming back to this. It's set in Seattle? Yeah. With vampires? Yeah. This reminds me of something. They, no, they're in downtown, though. It's cool. Oh, they're not glowing? It's different. No, 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 go on. Uh, but, like, literally, they came back. To the, they got a mission quest from this woman, went off, came back. And I stopped them. Like, what do you want to do? Because they asked me what choices to make. And I was like, uh, I want to do this, but don't do it yet. Is this the Hard Rock Cafe rooftop? Because my wife has thrown parties there. <laughs> and I was like, this is the hard. And they're like, yeah, our artists took a lot of reference shots from around. I'm like, cool, because this is the exact layout of that place. That's how, like, real they're being to Seattle, right? Um, but it was another one of those. I mean, this is, like, I think a great E3 for really cool RPGs to see, whether it be something like Borderlands, whether it be something like Cyberpunk, or whether it be Bloodlines 2, where it is you're watching this thing and playing this game and it's the choices you're making and how it's going on and what faction do you want to side with. And as somebody, you know, with limited amount of game time, I like a game that I know I'm going to see through. Something that The Witcher didn't do for me where it was just too much, right? There was too much to do. I knew I couldn't finish it. Yeah, a, a playthrough here, they're aiming for it to be like uh, 20, 25 to 30 hours. And like, there are so many different factions. There are different archetypes you want to be, which will like, give you different abilities, right? Because, oh, it was, I wrote it down. When you choose which kind of vampire you want to be at the front, it gives you special abilities. Whether it be turning into bats, which you can use in combat and you can use for traversal, having telekinesis, being able to move things along that way, or have this weird mist to travel as, right? That's like, you have to make that choice at the beginning and then you go on that way. And then it affects the powers you have and the things you act and blah, blah, blah. That was all cool. I think combat is maybe not the, it's not the weakest, but like using the special abilities. Like I chose to be a, to be a bat, of course. And so when I'm using the bat swirl and it was attacking people, it was like, cool, this doesn't look great, but it also doesn't look terrible. It was more the abilities, it was more the choices you were making, the relationships, right? This one uh, woman that we were using who apparently she was the one hanging out at the Hard Rock Cafe, she was like, hey, go chase down, go find this guy Slug. He's from this different faction of vampires, the Nosferatus. And because they're of that clan, their vampires make them disfigured, so they live in the underground and all this different stuff. Talked to one of them. He tried to get me to sell out the woman. I didn't do it. He's like, good call. Like, Great. Ran after Slug. Ran into Slug. Turns out this Slug guy, Mike, clearly misunderstood, dude. Just misunderstood? Seems like a nice guy. Looks like Killer Croc from the Oscar-winning movie Suicide Squad. And he's there, and he's saying the right things. He's being a nice guy. He's talking about the bad rap he gets. And I'm like, I get it here's what I want to do, I'm with you. And, I, and they were like, what do you want to say? And I'm like, I'm with him, say the top line. And literally I'm like, Slug, I hear you, man, people are trouble. And he goes, I never told you my name. And I was like, Fah! and he's like, rats, come get your cheese. And all these guys, came, like, ah, we're fighting all these dudes or whatever. Bats versus rats? No, they were, they were just people. They, oh. I think he was calling the humans he employed rats. Mm. Beat all them, and then Slug again came out, and he's just like, yo, man. You know, I you know I don't kill me. I didn't mean. And I'm like, ah, dude, like, nah, it's cool, Slug. You're cool. And Slug's like, all right, cool. I'll help you if I ever can. And he ran away. And they were like, you know what? Slug might come back to help you one day. I was like, this is my kind of RPG. Friendship. Yeah, exactly. Got my boy Slug out there. 
So there are more Gamescasts coming up. Uh, we're on Monday, youtube.com slash games. You'll be able to see many more E3 impressions of things. Real quick, we are very limited on time here because we're doing the live show. I want to say a couple things. One, I realize why I love this jacket so much. I look like Luke at the medal ceremony of A New Hope. And I got to see Lego Star Wars. Uh, ah. Star Wars Saga. I was super impressed. It doesn't look like just a Lego game. It looks like a modern Lego game. Lego game. Wait for more later. What else did you see really quick? Ah, that's the big stuff. So, my Mike, real quick, what did you see? Give your, like, Twitter version responses and then give us our game of the year All between right. Final Fantasy sure. and Cyberpunk. Let's jump in from your E3 correspondent. What was hot in the streets? Gears of War 5 Escape Mode. So much fun. Couch co-op. We were screaming out there fighting off the Locust Horde. Then I found out my break point, y'all. Me and Johnny Bernthal, we became best friends. Someone called Fenermies, but we're going to have some fun in Aroa coming up with that game. And then, of course, I want to touch on Wolfenstein, the young oh! oh, wow. Is that a blast? It's more Wolfenstein fun, but with a co-op twist. And that was a great time. The only thing I got to end with, you guys know I got a soft spot for basketball. Me and the Hispanic heartthrob, we got hoop dreams. There's one game out there that a project team was part of the Kind of Funny Games showcase for E3. Ooh. And so Giants is out there making Project Dunk. It's three-on-three -three street basketball, but with a twist. It's called Battle Basketball. This That's sounds like right. NBA you Street Volume punch, 4, baby. Let's push, go. You can drain threes and slam a jamma. It was a whole lot of fun. I beat up on one of my buddies out there because you know I'm number one on the basketball court for a free exclusive E3 t-shirt. Give me the merch! <laughs> but that's your hype report from the streets, y'all. I think it's time right now, everybody. Let's pick the kind of funny game of show for E3 2019. Will it be Cyberpunk 2077? The game that saved E3. Or will it be a remake of another Final game? Final Fantasy VII Remake, baby! Mike, the nation turns its lonely eyes to you. Everybody looks at the man in the streets. Now, I've been out and about the show floor. I've been hearing the hype. Is it Watch Dogs Legion? Is it Borderlands 3? Is it Final Fantasy VII Remake? Or is it Cyberpunk 2077? You two have made your choice, and I am here for the deciding factor right now. Cyberpunk. They give you a sweet casino hat. You get 20 minutes in the fan shaded area. You loved it, right? On the opposite side, Final Fantasy booth activation. There's, there's smoke machines. There's a giant geyser out in the background. And guess what? Twice every evening, they give away free t-shirts for a select lucky group. Who was in that final group? I was. Did I get a free t-shirt? Yeah, I did. Merch for Final Fantasy VII, but... That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about merch here. We're talking about game of the show for E3 2019. I'm here to split the vote. Kind of funny, best friends. GameSpot, everybody here at E3 2019. Your kind of funny game of show. We're taking it to Night Shitty. Yeah! Cyberpunk well deserved, I'll say. I'll say. It was close in my heart. I would not have been upset if Final Fantasy won. But, but Mike, Mike, Mike made the right choice. Mike, I love you so much. Who loves Snowbot Mike? Who loves Snowbot Mike? Let me hear you get loud right now. 
Where can you find him, Tim? You can find him at twitter.com slash snowbikemike, twitch.tv slash snowbikemike, many things. Dot com slash snow bike Mike. You can find us on kindoffunny.com. Thank you all so much. I hope you all had an amazing E3, did you? Yeah. Woo! We'll see you next year. Thank you, GameSpot, for always being so amazing to us, believing in us, allowing us to have amazing guests on the show. Until next year, video games are cool, man. <laughs>